0: Traveling the
1: vortex We've joined the doctor as he travels the vortex and landed at episode number two hundred and eighty-four. I call this one Unrecord. I'm Keith. I'm Sean. <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's not what I told you. <laughs> no. I actually like it better. I'm glad.
1: <laughs> it's called Unrecord because it has nothing to do with the show. Just like Unregenerate had nothing to do with this audio. Uh,
0: I took your idea. And I, I tweaked it. I, I added Miracle Grow and just let it blossom. <laughs> Unrecord. Oh, There's your episode that's title. That's the Glenn. title right there.
2: That's, <laughs> that's frequently the way Glenn's ideas work. Unrecorded. They just need a little gardening.
0: Isn't unrecord what we call it when Sean tries to record things like Simon Fisher? Oh. It is now. Oh, all right. I didn't just not record it. I unrecorded it. Sorry, that was mean. I keep picking on you. I'm sorry. I, I, you have I, picked on I me an will, awful lot will, already. The show will,
2: hasn't even really started yet, and you've picked on me a lot.
0: <laughs> I will uh, resolve this episode to pick on you less frequently throughout this episode.
1: Great. That means he's going to pick on me.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Woohoo! A <laughs> day off! <laughs> uh,
1: oh, did you guys have a good week?
0: Uh, yeah, it was. i wasn't bad. I mean, it, <laughs> I, I come to this show every week. And go, yeah, no, I'm well. No, it was great. It was. It was a great week. I, I not remember anything I did. Friday, I went to Hutchison. The, the, the bad news of it is, uh, we lost my uncle. Actually, a week ago, I didn't mention it on the show, but uh, a week ago Friday, uh, he passed away. He's he had cancer, and, and we kind of knew it was coming. So it was it. You know, it was kind of a softened blow, but. Uh, and they scheduled his uh, funeral for Friday So I wanted to take my mom down to the funeral So I took the day off Friday uh, But on the way, the blessing of that was I had some time to listen to some audios The Tenth Doctor stories The uh, Big Finish Audio Tenth Doctor Adventures, Volume 1 I got through all three of those Actually, I think I would listened to one of those earlier in the week And uh, I'm not going to go into them now Because we'll obviously do a review of those When Sean gets them on the schedule, soon, hopefully Hopefully soon Hopefully, because Keith is listening to them, too. Yeah, No, um, you're
2: going to have to wait. However,
0: shameless plug, <laughs> I did uh, launch my new blog site. <laughs> Again? Uh, yeah, well, I I, uh, a new, new. I actually went ahead and uh, I got the, they had a really great discount on site blog. And uh, so I bit the bullet and I paid for uh, a blog and a domain name. So now I'm trapped in the vortex.com. As opposed to the old address which was trapped in the vortex. or no t- uh, .wordpress.com so it's now I have my own domain um, unfortunately I haven't figured out how to migrate all the old stuff back over cause site blogs really primitive was the, that was the problem with taking the cheap route <laughs> is the site <laughs> is real primitive and it's there's been a massive learning curve for me that's why it took a little while for me to get it launched but uh, trapped in the vortex still exists with the old stuff the archive stuff uh, but I do have uh, for now. four, five new posts on there. The three really new ones are, uh, I did an in individual post for each of the stories after I listened to them to review those. So if you want to know some preliminary thoughts, they are spoiler-free, for the most part. Um, you can go over there and check that out. Again, it's trappedinthevortex.com.
2: Have we built in a uh, link from our website to your blog? Uh, I haven't done that yet. You no. should probably do that because yeah. it's ancillary. Uh, I guess it is
0: ancillary. Someone, you
1: have our uh Facebook page on your
0: yeah. I, I'm I'm I am linking back to travelingthevortex.com so I've got our Facebook page on there. I don't think I've I think one of the links oh, there's a link in my bio to yeah. tra- so I'm, I'm I'm pushing to us, but I haven't done any back back selling so to me. So that was pretty much it. Holly and I watched uh yeah. Oh, we watched Skyfall last weekend because we were going to oh. watch well we were i i 've seen Skyfall, but she oh, yeah. hadn't so we were going we watched it last weekend because we were going to watch Specter this weekend, and it got so late last night Spectre's two and a half hours that we decided i don 't know if we want to be up that late however, Deadpool is only an hour forty nine so I said <laughs> well, do you want to watch Deadpool and she did, and she actually said it was it was a pretty good movie. She thought the violence was way over the top she she kind of landed on it where I did. It was just too much. It was way too much to answer. it was very unnecessary, in her opinion. Uh, I think it's somewhat unnecessary as well, but she did enjoy it. She, she appreciated the kind of the love story that's encapsulated in all of the, the violence and comedy. <laughs> little- she thought it was funny, and she's a huge fan of Ryan Reynolds, so that was already a sell going into it, uh, despite the fact that he's only you know not scarred for about 30 minutes of the film. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, I watched Blade Trinity this week. Did you never seen that I one? had never seen that Oh,
0: one. really? This, this is your first viewing of yeah. Oh. Yeah.
2: So I got to watch Ryan Reynolds' as Deadpool. <laughs> before, he <was>
0: Deadpool. <laughs> before he was Deadpool. Before
2: he was Deadpool. Before he was Deadpool.
0: This
1: is the audition tape <laughs> for Deadpool. Pretty, pretty much. <laughs> I um, liked Trinity. Yeah, it's... Dominic Purcell is, uh, as Dracula, hamming it up is quite enjoyable. It's, it's full of cheese, It's very
2: full of cheese. I still think the second one's my favorite of the two. I need to go back and movies, revisit it but. since...
1: I've watched The Strain because The Strain is very much the same line of vampires that is in Blade Two.
2: So. Yeah, we also uh, watched a couple episodes of um, uh, Shield, uh, Agents of Shield. We watched uh, uh, Simmons on the Planet. Hmm.
1: The Shield version of the Martian.
2: That's Shield <laughs> version of Martian. Um, and it was it was cool. I I gotta say that the clips that we get of her before that episode where it's just kind of her freaking out, something chasing her on the plant Scary. Yeah, yeah, The episode in and of itself was not... No. Yeah. Th- you know, ...that level of of heightened tension. Mm-hmm. No. It was emotionally draining. Right, I can see right. why, you know, that, that really and sucked her. And a tour for of
1: force for the actress. Yeah. We caught up on Gotham. We're finally done with season two. Not sure if we're gonna go on to season three. <laughs> uh, we went and saw X-Men Apocalypse... And it was really good. I really enjoyed it. I don't know why it was... You sound getting, surprised. Well, it's getting negative reviews. It's like a 38 on Rotten Tomatoes. This oh, is the really? the second worst X-Men film reviewed on Rotten Tomatoes. The other thing I did this week was started watching Houdini and Doyle. Ooh, how was that? It's enjoyable. Surprisingly enjoyable. For those that don't know, Houdini and Doyle is an ITV-Fox collaboration... You know that's gonna go well. <laughs> Where Harry Houdini and Arthur Conan Doyle investigate supernatural deaths. <laughs> Where it's kind of, I, I saw a great headline that Houdini and Doyle is X Files set in nineteen hundred, <laughs> and it really is. Houdini's the
0: skeptic, and Doyle is the believer, which uh, is but, it, that's actually true to fact. Yeah, they were they were at yeah. one time good friends. They had a falling apart later, but they they. At one time, we're good friends, and that was how their relationship was. Houdini was a—he was a skeptic, even though he's an illusionist and well, and, and yeah. an occultist uh, performer. He was always looking for. Oh, he's like the great uh, what's Randy? Uh, not the great Randy, but the, the the guy now that does the same thing. Uh, he was very much in looking for. Uh, exposing uh, mediums and, and psychics, and the things occult like that. debunker. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It, it and was, Doyle was was a believer.
1: Houdini has his own motivations that are self evident, but Doyle's why he wants to believe so badly is such a compelling story that it works so well, and it helps that it, it's Stephen Mangan. Should we move on to news? Let's go to news, Sean. What's the in only the, news? The, the
2: only thing that I thought I don't know if anybody had mentioned this or not, but apparently at uh, whatever the con was. Um, this weekend the big one that uh, yeah the yeah, one Negacon. that Capaldi was at uh, yeah. he, he mentioned that series 10 Missy Gomez was there uh, he mentioned that series 10 starts shooting in two weeks so everybody kind of treated that as an official oh my god we've got an official start date and I was kind of like eh, we knew it was coming but so Some now you know shooting. two weeks going in with what Glenn was saying about we're so plugged in that we've got to know everything about <laughs> everything <laughs> now you know two weeks.
1: Have they shot the Christmas special yet?
2: Two weeks. Two weeks? Is that? I don't know. I don't
1: know. It's as so far away from airing that <laughs> I'm not going to get excited. As
2: with, as with all things who, I don't know. Do, are we counting the Christmas special as part of this Series is, it's 10? It's so confusing at this point. So.
0: I don't think it is since we've had a uh, Christmas special already for Series 9. I think that this... I think this will be a book-in year. For, yeah. I think this will be... Series ten zero, <laughs> and then one, two, three, four, five, and then yeah, thirteen. Yeah. So, there'll actually be fourteen episodes next year. Or are they doing one less during the season because they're doing two? I don't
1: think they're doing one less. No, no, they're not they're doing because that was a big news item was we're getting fourteen episodes of Who.
0: So I think we count <laughs> probably end up counting uh, Christmas as season ten zero as they've done. I think with uh, most of the
1: Christmas ones. No,
0: well, that's, that's how I that, always no, counted. them. That's how we have we have said that. Well, the box I, sets. If you look at them, anyone one that can, uh, has it at the end is part of that previous series. But if the box set has it at the beginning, I think Christmas Carol. Christmas Carol, yes, Doctor, yes, the Widow, and the Wardrobe
1: in, are that way.
0: Doctor, the Widow, and the Wardrobe. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, For some reason, that sounded wrong, and then I was like, no, no, you're right. (laughs) Doctor the Widow on the Morgan. Snowman
1: is the exception, as well as Time of the Doctor. That's in the middle of the season. And the not surprising news that Michelle Gomez says she's coming back to the show.
0: Yeah, that's... uh, (laughs) I I kind of assumed. That's another thing that that irritated me, is when that dropped, so many people were like, oh, God, I'm going to see Missy again. We've seen her in four episodes, people. That's it. She's <laughs> out, been in out of four 24. stories. Yeah. So, well, if you if you don't count the little end parts that she was always in in series eight, she was at the you know at the very end of if series. You, if you don't count the yeah series well, eight the heaven yeah parts. if you don't count the little heaven parts at the point at those points, she's only been in four full episodes, and not even which was not even in much in in the first episode of the yeah. two part finale. So. I just it's, or the much of the—it's irritating the me that people are already going. Oh, it's too much, master, missy, mistress, whatever. I'm done. I got to go there. Positive show, good vibes. Not picking on Sean. <laughs> not, not, not going in. on to tirades. Love and unicorns. You
1: want, you, want, you, want, you want your soapbox? Love and unicorns. No,
2: just keep it over there. But Not not everybody, though, has gone, Oh, wow, we're getting another Dalek episode this season. Woo! <laughs> 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 Said no one ever. Said Glenn. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Wait, we're getting another Dalek
2: episode this season? I can virtually <laughs> guarantee it. <laughs> yes! At
1: the very least, a Dalek Daleks, will show up Daleks, somewhere. Daleks,
0: Daleks, Daleks. <sighs> you know what's never been done? They've never like been to Manhattan. Oh, wait, no, they have. Uh, you know what we've never done that? We've never actually gone inside a Dalek. Oh, no, we have. You know what has never happened? The
2: Daleks have never won.
0: <laughs> it's true.
2: That is true. Let's do something daring. <laughs> <laughs> Let's let them win one.
0: Victory of the Daleks. We can could, we could name it Victory. Oh No, oh, wait, no, we can't no. do that either.
1: To some extent, they won there. They achieved what they wanted.
0: They ran away. <laughs>
1: well, But they still got what they wanted.
0: <laughs> ran away never to see the Skittles again.
1: <laughs> if you have a small enough scope, it's a win. <laughs> Unless
0: you go to the Doctor Who experience. <laughs> and then I think that's not even there. That part of it's not even there. That little interactive thing. I think it's all... Kind of did away with
1: Yeah. It. I think it's now all Capaldi's. Mostly Capaldi's
2: stuff. Yeah, I believe it it There's got to be a way to redeem them. Somebody, here, here you go. If you guys want a Dalek episode, I challenge you to write a Dalek episode that redeems the Skittle Daleks and, 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 and creates a vital and useful and cool functionality for them within the Dalek hierarchy that everybody goes,
0: oh, Better cool. yet, better that yet. That would be all right with that. Better <laughs> yet. We'll, we could make a contest out of this, and everybody could write in with their ideas of a plot summary. And then what we'll do is we'll choose the best one, and we'll hand it off to Sean, and he will write the episode. Okay, I'll, I'll take. that. Oh challenge. yeah, I, I, well I thought for sure he was going to go. No, 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 don't do that. <laughs> no, no. Really, he's I will, I will
2: pick up that gauntlet. All right, why so not?
0: Everybody, write in with their Dalek episode summaries. I'm not going to say it's it, a good it, episode, it, but it, I, it I'll, I'll write it. <laughs> and, and Sean will Sean will take your summary. You'll get right. You'll get creative credit for it, and Sean will write it, and it'll be like a it'll be a co production sure.
1: And Story buys. Story play by
0: There you go. We're not joking. I'm not. Just, Sean's completely know, taking know, it. He's, know, he's, he's taking the gauntlet being, and running with it. Let's do it.
2: I took, picked up the
0: Infinity Gauntlet and ran. <laughs> Did you hear about the loot crate thing? Yeah. <laughs> Did you hear about that?
2: <laughs>
0: I know there's another glove in there. The,
2: the, 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 uh, it's uh, the Infinity it a Gauntlet oven, on the oven glove. And apparently, according to Loot Crate, there were isolated incidents that uh, the glove was apparently not manufactured to uh, high enough standards to prevent you <laughs> from getting burned. So the Infinity Gauntlet can be defeated by pizza rolls. <laughs> that is, There are
1: pictures of it, like, melted away. Oh, it's, wow. Yeah, wow. It's, it's hardcore.
2: So Brittany, <laughs> it, Stop using it, Britney. use <laughs> of your gauntlet <laughs>
0: oven mitt right now.
2: Loot Crate had a great, you know... Please stop using it. We're developing means of having them returned and disposed of. We don't want you to burn yourself. No one sorry. Will re- no I mean, one will
0: return theirs if they haven't already destroyed it. Oh, yeah. No so one will. Now it's going to become one of those items of, hey, I've got that oven glove.
2: <laughs> It'll just sit on a shelf in a in a oh, plexiglass yeah. case somewhere. I don't with, think I'd do use, use mine use. anyway. <laughs> I don't
0: think I would use mine anyway. I think this is too clever. I way. use
2: my Arby's one. Nobody remembers the little Arby's oh, yeah, character. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. I, I, we, we've, Mel's got an Arby's one that I, I love it because he makes me laugh because he's got a little happy face on him. And it's like, burn, <laughs> you know, and stick him on the thing.
0: I used to have one of those little hamburger, <laughs> hamburger helper gloves. It was all rubber, and I set it on the stove because I thought it would be cool to have him there helping me, and it melted. <laughs>
1: Was it supposed to work as an oven glove or was it no, just no, a prop? No, no, a it was
0: just a prop. Oh, bit okay. I thought, hey, how cool is it to be reliving the commercials? You know, where he's sitting there giving advice and the as the as the woman sitting there cooking the... the uh, yeah, in uh, normal kitchens, on the of a kitchens. bit of a little bit of a little bit of a little me! of a little a little too co- <laughs> he was a little too close to the oven and he melted. So. Okay, so new new
2: creative (laughs) contest, write us a synopsis for how to make the Skittle Daleks cool for an episode, and uh, send it in, and we'll read through them, and pick them. Wait, we want to set a time limit on this?
0: Oh, let's give them a couple of months. Yeah. Yeah. Let's give them a couple of months. We'll collect them as you send them. Yeah.
2: We'll let you know when the final deadline is, but that gives you some time to think about it, because you don't don't need to have that done by next week or anything.
0: No, No. Speaking of deadlines... Do we have a winner of our? Uh, we have bucket? a winner! Oh, our Patreon lottery or raffle, rather. I keep calling it a lottery. I guess it technically is a lottery. Ding
1: ding 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 ding! Patreon lottery raffle.
0: Raffle. We do have a winner, right? We do. It is Mitch. Yay! Yay. Congratulations, Mitch! And interestingly enough, I'll, I'll let you everybody know this. Monday, as I sit down to edit our episode, <laughs> <laughs> we got this information. And we are just about to put an episode out that says, "Well, we don't have a number yet. <laughs> we don't have a winner yet." So I did send Mitch a, uh, a, a quick uh, email saying, "Hey, don't worry. If you hear the episode come out this week, don't despair. We 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 know you are the winner. We just had to put this out as is because we'd already recorded." So congratulations to her. She did. Uh, she did send us a picture of the winning lottery yeah. ticket, and we have looked at it. And verified she matched that all it, it, six numbers on the raffle she ticket. She matched all <laughs> six numbers of the raffle ticket, including the color and background of the ticket. <laughs> Which, so Kirk, I'm sorry you lost on that we one. We can verify that. However, although he never claimed to have won. He, he didn't claim he won. He said he lost. Kirk actually sent us a picture of his lottery t- or his raffle ticket. And Kirk, the bad news is we have no idea where that ticket came from, it's from because us. it's not from us. Because it's <laughs> not from um, us. <laughs> Kirk, you you may have won something
1: somewhere, but it wasn't from you here. Bad. Kirk's has seven numbers. <laughs> what well, the bad? The tickets both the different. wrong color. <laughs> It's the wrong
0: num- amount of numbers. It
2: says Bottle Hall Parking Garage on the side of it. I don't get it.
0: <laughs> as, as, Keith, as Sean said ahead of the show, it's a good thing that he was disqualified anyway because <laughs> it was just wrong altogether. <laughs> Sorry, Kirk, we had to pick on you a little bit, but we just got keep... It wasn't until Keith sat down here. We were looking through feedback, and he goes, I looked at the come, picture. How come Kirk's, <laughs> Kirk's lottery ticket's different than Mitch? <laughs> We'll I look, don't know, maybe we ran out of one kind there another like, guy. Wait a minute, that's not the right ticket. So, Kurt, you'll keep probably digging. need to keep digging <laughs> because we want everybody to hold on to those raffle tickets because there will be uh, future drawings. Mitch, unfortunately, now that you've won, you're set aside, but... Everybody else that still has a ticket, there will be uh, another lottery. Another lottery? Why do I keep calling it a lottery? Another, another there raffle. will be another raffle drawing uh, in the near future and uh, another wonderful prize. And we are still working on your prize, Mitch, so we will announce what that will be next week uh, on, on the show next week. Or
1: we'll just ship it to you and you can let yeah, us so know you when you get let it. Just know when you get it and go, hey,
0: I didn't even know I was getting
1: this. That yeah. no way <laughs> it's a surprise for you. <laughs> yeah.
0: I think when we, we send it out, we'll, we'll let people know oh, what it yes. was. We didn't either. <laughs> <laughs> well the prize vault has you know gotten so big and there's, there's so a lot stuff mix. in there that we dig around
1: it's like the legend of zelda chest
0: in my head. Wait, she won her Legends of Zelda? No, 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 that's what the is oh, like. Oh, is, oh, oh like I see, I see.
2: In my head, when Keith goes home to pull something out of the prize vault, there's this big door that has to, you know, <laughs> <laughs> and hinges open, and then he walks out Scrooge McDuck style and dives into the riches <laughs> of the prize vault. I, I, I don't have a basement
1: now. It, that's <laughs> what it is. It's
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's
1: the prize I've I've converted my basement to be just like that. <laughs> he,
2: he, he goes swimming through sonic screwdrivers and pop figures. I've got to go
1: through the the, the prize vault to do laundry every
2: time. <laughs> somewhere, somewhere there's a lamp. <laughs>
0: <With>
2: <laughs> carpets. 10,000 the- years!
0: <laughs> <laughs> Give you such a crick in the neck. All
2: right. That's why I've never been invited over to the, the prize vault. I'm less than worthy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I am not
2: a diamond in the rough.
0: Sean shows up in his swim trunks, ready to dive in. (laughs) All right. You
1: more have to wait in because I haven't got this diving board built in yet. I haven't figured out how to do that. Got to get Cody's spare room to have a retractable floor so we can
2: bang my head
0: on the stalactites. (laughs) Shall we continue digging through the mailbag and see if we got any feedback
1: this week? We do have some feedback. All right. Holly sent us some feedback. She said, Hey, guys, long time no right. Have been keeping up with the podcast. Bit of housekeeping for the book of June. The the book for June for the traveling to the, the vortex Doctor Who book club on Goodreads. It is Royal Pains. I think Holly is coloring her review of the episode of the book because it's called The Royal Blood.
0: <laughs> 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 or or it's, it's untapped feelings about. Moderating the book club, I'm not sure. <laughs> or maybe it's a subliminal message about us. <laughs> that could be also. <laughs> the Traveling the Vortex book club book is Royal Pain. I mean, uh, Blood. <laughs> not you good. Royal Blood. All right, so... I totally read the blood, wrong book for June. Royal Blood will be... Royal Pain, that was the uh, uh, American knockoff version of Faulty Towers, wasn't it? I think it was. Had had... Uh, who was the guy uh, that played Dan Fielding on Night Court?
2: John Larroquette. John
0: Larroquette played a version of uh, I think I can't remember. Uh, I think their last name was Royal, and uh-huh. they, had a, they had a hotel, <laughs> and I think it was like the Royal Arms or something like that. But it was it was it was basically a recreation for American television of Faulty Towers. So it was called Royal Pain.
2: Huh. The uh, there, there cover is. of the book is in fact Doctor Who Royal Blood by Una McCormick.
1: There, there's a US o- sh- USA show called Royal Pains. Maybe that's why she thought of it. It's run oh. for like eight seasons. Oh, wow.
2: So that's June for this month. That's June's book club book. June's book club book for this month.
1: Uh, she says, I will have the pull-up for July around mid-June. On to the review. Unregenerate was an interesting audio Having the Seventh Doctor being held captive and not himself was interesting, to say the least. Cool to see Mel use her computer programming knowledge in this audio. Not sure if she has before. Plus, Seven's hologram message to Mel was so him. Overall, a decent audio. Looking forward to hearing everyone's thoughts on this audio. Holly from Wisconsin. Thank you, Holly. Thanks, Holly. And thank you for uh, handling our book club for us. Hopefully always, it's not a royal you. pain. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, of course, if you want to send us feedback, send it to feedback at TravelingTheVortex.com dot com, or head over to our website TravelingTheVortex.com, dot com and fill out the feedback tab. Uh, you can also reach out to us on our various forms of social media: Twitter at Travel Vortex, uh, Facebook Traveling the Vortex, Instagram Traveling the Vortex. All oh, any good social media site, we are likely on there.
2: And of course, you can use those feedback. And some uh, of the bad ones too. <laughs> <laughs> like.
1: Google Plus. <laughs> you, you, ah, you said it.
2: No, <laughs> you can use those uh, feedback links if you want to send your story uh, to us as well. Yes. I wouldn't send that through Twitter.
1: S- it's definitely send that in an email. That way we oh, can wait,
0: keep track you can do a summary. A really good
1: That's a good summary. Good job.
0: <laughs> Challenge number two. No, no. <laughs>
2: 140 characters or less. Die hard on an airplane. <laughs>
0: <laughs> what do you think, guys? Should we move on to a review? You know,
2: I know that I, I've read her email and I know that she says um, that is so him. In uh, his uh, ho- seventh hologram message to Mel, was so him. I know that's the the wording. I heard you read it as that was so pimp. <laughs> <laughs> I had to stop and go. What? So him? Him? I mean, I him. guess it. I guess it was. But okay. Why not? Even though I know I know what the word is, I'm sitting here <laughs> looking at it. Nope. pimp.
1: That's one thing I never called the 7th Doctor. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm just going to say it now. Not
0: even right. with, the, with the hat and the, the Maybe sweater. Maybe with the fur
1: coat when you had it on.
0: <laughs> Alright, should we move on to our review?
1: Unregenerates in a rundown asylum, screams an echo... Screams echo in the halls as the mysterious creatures roam, terrorizing the staff. Patients complain of betrayal rather than illness, and no one is quite what they seem. Mel knows the doctor is the best person to find the answers, but she is stranded on Earth, and the TARDIS has returned without him. Why does a medical facility need to be under armed guard? What procedures are the staff carrying out, and to what purpose? What is the price that must be paid for making an agreement with those who run the asylum? As the answers begin to be uncovered. The doctor finds that the past may yet
2: come back to haunt him. I'm not sure what I want to give that one. Da-na-na. I heard some crickets. Well no, it wasn't, <laughs> wasn't it wasn't cricket worthy. <laughs> oh Glenn thought it was cricket worthy.
0: Ah wouldn't bad <clears throat> my biggest complaint with this story. Is not the story (laughs) It's the title (laughs) I was expecting A lot more from this Just based on the title they gave it And then I I I, I don't understand why It's called Unregenerate Can somebody give me A valid reason why You would use the term Unregenerate For the title of your story I know that that it comes on the heels Of
2: Time of the, the Ronnie, to make sure I got it right.
0: Time of the Ronnie, which is the Sixth Doctor, Seventh Doctor Regeneration episode. However, nothing about this story has anything to do with him unregenerating. And so I just I, I, I can't come down on why they would have called it that.
2: Unregenerate exclamation uh-huh. point.
0: <laughs> that being said, I I, I, I can give you I where th- the title came
1: from, but not why they used it. The title is taken from a sixth doctor line in the in part one of the Twin Dilemma, mm. but why they used it for this story, I still can't explain. I my my stance on the story has actually changed since Friday night. Who? I went into this and listened to it and thought this does not feel like a Seventh Doctor and Mel story. It does not feel like that Seventh Doctor. It feels like a Seventh Doctor that should be with Ace until I rewatched Time in the Ronnie and. What I remembered predominantly from Time of the Rani was the comedic, slapstick, clownish aspect of him. But this time, I saw those... Him railing against whatever this thing is that the Rani's doing and him being indignant about the whole thing. And especially before he gets the amnesia that she gives him, it's very in line with what we get in this story once we get the doctor in this story. And And then once he gets over the amnesia... He kind of returns to that in Time of the Ronnie." also.
0: I think what was also missing from this would have been, if if I were writing the story, would have been I think I would have used more of the mixed metaphors. I mean, it is something that was dropped quickly after Time of the Ronnie" in the television series. But I think it would have been kind of nice knowing that it was just on the heels of that story. Oh, yeah. That there were a few mixed metaphors. And the reason why I think I would have done this that way is because we've, re- we've listened to, um, I can't remember if it was Flip Flop or if it was... Uh, Bang bang and boom, bang. I think bang bang Bang, boom. boom. Where he does use some mixed metaphors, yeah. And that one is supposed to be near the uh, regeneration as well, because that's with Mel. And so there's almost it almost it just kind of breeds a bit of an inconsistency for me, which is fine. It's not it's not it's not a deal breaker for me. But
1: and when we do have the mixed metaphors, they don't have any impact, or you almost don't catch them because everything else coming out of his mouth is nonsense. So we do have some, but it's when he's in that nonsensical stage where nothing he's saying makes sense. See, that is, so it doesn't count. I
0: just checked; it chalked it up to the nonsense. I didn't. I never saw. I never heard a actual mixed metaphor. I I, I remember hearing a couple okay. in there, and maybe maybe that's why I didn't notice them because he well, was, was in that state. Yeah, of and it's confusion. So, it,
1: and even though they're in there, the phrases may be there, but it doesn't count as a mixed metaphor because he is in such a state of confusion. He's just saying random words almost, or at least random phrases that don't have any. Uh, a logic to them
2: at
0: all. When this story starts, it really kind of feels like uh, Minuet in Hell. Uh, yeah, maybe that's the, the part of why I then in too. his own mind, essentially. <laughs> um, and I really got that Minuet in Hell vibe. And it, it, almost to the point where I thought, ah, oh, you know. I didn't come down hard on Minuet and Hell, I actually kind of enjoyed it. Keith's the one that didn't like it. Um, but uh, <laughs> I uh, but I had that, oh, gosh, I feel like we're doing this again. But it really it quickly got away from that. And so See, I think it, that worked out for me. It
1: needed to get away from it a little quicker for me. Uh, I could have used having the doctor back sooner uh, and Mel in the facility sooner. Because, what, it was almost... Two full episodes before she got actually in. To yeah, the facility. they were outside the facility it took for a way while. Way too long. That should have. They should have been inside and with the doctor. He could be still a, not making sense in one episode.
0: Well, and the interesting thing about that is when he, when they. Quasi rescue him or find him, catch up to him, and, and he starts to get away. He he does start to, that's when he does he starts, start to trend back to yeah. his normal self.
1: And so. And Chakra is a great addition to the group, and I, I like yeah, his
0: character. Yeah.
1: Cab driver. We, I like well, the cab, yeah, I the cab oh, driver. The too. Yeah. Yeah.
0: There's a lot there were pretty good characters in there. I thought the one uh, Time Lord lady was kind of oh, I'm going to remember her name, but she was, yeah, she was kind of well, is that the older one Yeah, or, okay the professor? No, I'm talking about the other one, the Regan. Kind Regan. Of, yeah, Regan. She was a bit militant for me, but uh for, especially for being a Time Lord. Although she's when they CIA. finally dropped the yeah. line that she's CIA, it it kind of made sense and I was able to accept more of what I had heard from her based on that. But I still thought she was a little too it's, it's one of those things that,
2: uh, there's some great nuggets to this story. I really liked, I, I was with you initially that I thought, oh man, we're doing, he's, he's going to be a uh, babbling, you know, broken doctor through most of this, and it'll be up to Mel to save him. But we didn't really go that path with it, and we did it in such a way that it was different from the times that we've heard this kind of, mm-hmm. of story before. So and I thought Dr. that Andreas was cool. And then the fact that, of course, being a Seventh Doctor story, he's faking. Or at least it's alluded to that he was faking. Maybe he actually did get scrambled a little bit, but it's, it's alluded to the fact that he, he's pulling one over on everybody. Um, which well, I thought was kind of cool.
0: But he is and he isn't, because he does admit that this was a ploy, and he went into it, 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 it was derived by him as a plot for him to get in he does allude to the fact that because he did have to struggle so hard to fight back
1: because he did have the thing in him
0: yeah Yeah. that i kind of took it to while what's her name uh you just told regan regan while regan is trying to convince the other the professor that he is faking it you find out that he genuinely did have a lot of confusion and he was broken to a point because he does make the the comment that he had he was he he had to struggle to fight back um, and that was him struggling to fight it, exactly back. and so
1: he was probably more lucid than the other people it was were. I was yeah, I was kind of grateful
0: that. that it that while well, I did the same thing I thought well he's he's faking he's obviously in there as, in, as a ruse but also she was so adamant that convinced that he was faking that i kind of thought well maybe he's not because she suspects it because a lot of times you don't set something like that so I, I was grateful to get the comment later from the doctor that a lot of that was genuine it was just but he he it still was part of the plan he was just having to if, if the what was the entity the the, the multi-bodied or multi uh oh i just said that, that one too yes you uh, did chakra. sorry I'm terrible chakra uh if it wasn't for the chakra Shikara? helping helping Shikara? him out, he would have that would have completely overwhelmed the matrix or whatever would have completely overwhelmed right. him. So, yeah.
2: but I, I like the fact that maybe because we've listened to the eighth Doctor ones like *Menuet in Hell*, if it had been the eighth Doctor, it's almost like yeah, he would have been zapped and mindless <laughs> for most of it, and yeah, then he come out of so. it and fixed it. Versus because it's the seventh Doctor one, I'm attributing it to oh, he's scheming again already, you know. So, although of,
1: this fits considering time in the Rani, it fits that MO more than the scheming MO yeah. at this point in the Doctor. It does. Drawing.
2: But um, I like, the, fact, I like the, the idea of the plot. I like that that we're, that we're this is, you know, it's dropped late that these are all Time Lords that are trying to put yeah. TARDIS yeah. into living room. It's like, okay, that's a, that's a really cool idea. That's a really cool idea. Why couldn't we get that sooner? <laughs> and that's, I think, maybe part of the problem is so much of the story, despite the, the, the once again, the great audio production work that Big Finish puts into him with some of the sound effects and the the beeps of uh, computer pads being hit that kind of cue into the fact that this is not a normal facility. Well, and Mel even
1: has the line of, I know this software, but I can't place it.
2: Right. And because I mean, she
1: knows the TARDIS software,
2: even even before you wind up with them being outside uh, in space, yeah. you know, yeah. there are little audio cues that they kind of give you that it's not your standard run of the mill asylum that he's not locked in Arkham, <laughs> um, but yet so much of it felt like it was. You know, we've got. It felt like Arkham. <laughs> yeah, it felt like Arkham. <laughs> Especially could, if you've watched season two, of in Gotham. Your, in your mind's eye, you could feel that there were overhead halogen bulbs, and
1: well, they even talk about a Victorian yeah. setting. Yeah, for whatever reason it was set to. Of
2: it, it it just it, it, it's confusing in a way that for for being this big top secret, high council approved, um, mission that the that these guys were on that they're dealing with such a strange human conflagration of, of things. Especially when they
1: have so many aliens already there, too.
2: Now, I can understand not wanting to own up to, you know, that it's Time Lord. You don't want to come out and tip you your hand that right that early. But it, it felt like maybe a little too much effort was well, I, gone into trying to pull the wool over our eyes, and it made it a little yeah, muddled. Just, I mean, to some
1: extent, because, mm-hmm. I mean, we follow the one guy, Lewis. Louis, and as um. No, Louis is the time lord. Sorry, uh, Johannes. As we follow yeah. him, and he gets introduced and gets the offer, and then Louis comes back and he has the line of "You haven't aged today." I that automatically sets up the flag of okay, there's something alien going on here. So you could have well, and made, you made automatically
0: this, suspect the tri- time travel is involved as well. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. Uh, we 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 at were going we, to come and collect you the day before you die, or something. It's like okay, well, they, obviously it's time travel because they know when he's going to die. So yeah. they can so pull him out. I, of I,
1: you, they could have easily not had the weird Victorian setting and still had me believe that, and still had the surprise of it being time lords mm-hmm. down the lo- down the road. They could have had it more of a. A spaceship sterile environment sort of thing
0: yeah i got the impression though that the victorian setting was kind of camouflaged because i got the impression that that was more of a bring people in especially if you're dealing with earth uh earthlings or, or people from the earth it was kind of a, it's even if it's Even if it's anybody all the way up to the 21st century, that's a little more of a familiar, like, uh, buffer, getting them into, getting used to the fact that what you're just about to dump on them uh, once you come into the facility. So, to me, it was kind of like a, you bring them in, if you walked into a sterile white environment and say you're, you know, were visited in the 1950s and, and suddenly there's this weird, eerie <laughs> alien feel, but if you take them into what you expect, well, <laughs> you, you know, take them into that? what you expect to be an asylum that may have been around since Victorian times, you you kind of ease them in before you kind of drop the bomb on them that, you know, I guess we're going to inject a TARDIS into your head and make you a pilot.
1: Yeah, I guess, I guess since they are bringing in a human, that makes sense. That's a good way to retcon it.
0: I don't know it's retconning. I, mean, I kind of presumed that was the uh, well, but writer's she, intent.
1: She, though, the Kleist has that line of where she almost doesn't understand why. It, it's. She made it sound like it's always like this and she doesn't understand yeah,
0: why. Yeah, I, I suppose that's true. Unless it's just a broken chameleon circuit. <laughs> that doesn't happen.
1: <laughs> That'd never happen. One thing... <laughs> I, I agree with you, Sean. I really like the nuggets in this story, and it's got some really cool ideas that I wish were better realized. In addition to the needing to get kind of things moving a little quicker and trying to... the, the wool over our heads, I think Kleist and Louis were a bit too ready to give up on this whole adventure. Yeah. Because it felt like there was no climax. This guy, the the, the, the guy who gets the... Who actually gets the TARDIS and it works? Gets in the the gets in the Doctor's TARDIS and they're like, "Oh no, stop! Oh wait, okay." <laughs> and then it's over. <laughs> it felt like there was not a big climax. Uh, Rygan tries to fight and then eventually just kind of gives up. Uh, there's no that they they talk about the Time Lords coming in. The kind of swipe you almost get a war games feel to it, but then. They don't fully show up, and it just feels kind of like, yeah, okay, we're going to give them a TARDIS, and we're going to let them be happy well, and do their own thing. And maybe just, I
0: miss, Maybe I misunderstood. <clears throat> I got the impression that they were leaving the Time Lords with the idea that it was a failed experiment and everything had fallen apart, and that uh, the doctor guy, the pilot, and uh, the cab driver, and uh, the professor, I guess she... Kleist, yeah. Yeah, Kleist were going to go off and kind of seclude themselves so that nobody knew that they had a successful experiment, was the impression I got. And that the Time Lords had nothing to do with that. The Doctor had kind of set it up so that they would go off and everybody would just kind of forget about it.
1: Yeah, I, yeah, you're so, right about but, but, that. But that's,
2: I think, part but of the problem is... Th- there was know, no go, obstacle go, going, for them to overcome. Okay, Going that's through all of this, and, and you know, let's be honest, this is a horrific experiment. It's a cool one. But the idea that we're going to dump a Tardis matrix into your brain and see if you burn out or not—it's it, that's a pretty hor- horrifying. And they and, were having. And no they burn were, out, you know, not, yeah. which again played back into the whole asylum part of it. You needed to have a, 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 I do don't want to say a better class of villain, but somebody that you could definitively point to and go, "This is your fault." But that well, person I, I, gets away at the end, I think and that, I think that relatively, Scott pretty and doesn't really the doctor, fight.
0: The doctor does do that, though. He does point to the fact that the Time Lords ultimately are the real villains here. But it, he's also not surprised by it because he knows his people. He knows what they've been doing. He knows what they've become. I I think the problem here is when you set the Time Lords up as a villain, you can't have ramifications for the villain. For, for the Time Lords, you have to accept what we've done in the past, that this is one more step uh, towards Gallifrey being just ultimately bad eventually. Right. And so I think probably maybe uh, McKinty painted himself into a corner in this aspect. So I think I'm agreeing with what you guys are saying, but maybe I'm a little more forgiving once you tell me that the Time Lords are the villain then i know there can be no repercussions for the time lords well but, but, there, but, but
1: there's always repercussions on the individual
0: like look at in, yeah, in you, the five you, doctors you couldn't in, that that individual you couldn't in this situation because they were working for the time lords whereas Rassilon in the five doctors is working or not raselton uh, uh Perusa is working for himself. Yeah, that's okay. The master is working for himself. But that's Ronnie is working for herself. That's the solution. So anytime there's a time lord. That's how you fix it. That's how you fix it. But that being said, then suddenly I can see if you do that then McEntee has done something that's been done several times before, so at least this is an attempt to do something different. Well, but you, that's it just that's it. Just still it. Doesn't you either set right? it
2: up so that the, the CIA is doing this, and, oh, yeah, we've got High Council approval. And then after that, you fight them, then it turns out that, that you don't, and the High Council steps in and says, no, 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 we didn't authorize this. Or, or they and took it
1: too far. They, they authorized well, one thing, and they took it too far. Took it
2: too far. Something along those lines so that you've got a definitive villain for the Doctor to fight against. Or... You can still set it up and still have the Time Lord threat just be the bad guys. That's fine. But there still needed to be if, a bad guy. If had, like like Human been...
0: Resources where we have the Time Lords right working in conjunction because they think they're intervening, yes. but being respon- as responsible as the guy that's actually doing the process you've now put the onus on that one individual exactly even though the time lords are involved i, I understand uh, give, oh, give or... them give
2: them somebody to, to to target and i'm fine with the fact that the the time lords are the ones that are ultimately responsible for all this i like the sense. idea that it, it kind of carries on with uh Clay's rationale from the two doctors that they they sent the doctor to go stop dis uh, distari yeah. Was yeah. that his name? Because he was meddling with time travel and not doing it very well. Right. So they've got an established history of going, eh, I don't well, know and what about this? It's, yeah, so I mean, this is totally kind of the sense. next logical progression right, of that. I think right. that's great, but I still think there needed to be, you know, either give him a little bit more of a security force to you know, fight yeah, against. Had, had it been a unified be a force of there. the
1: three of them against the Doctor, Mel, and the Cabby, I think it would have been a little bit better. I like that Kleist had reservations and had started to turn. I think... Uh, Lewis turned way too quickly, and he, he, they planted the seeds, but it left one Time Lord to fight against everybody else, and that just doesn't work. Right,
2: right. Without upping the power of that one Time right. Lord, yeah. So if it was yeah. Rassilon, so if it had been the yeah, three but of them saying, "No, big. we
1: got to keep doing this," then the Time Lords could have been behind it with their blessing, right. and the Doctor thinking all of it needs to stop, and they don't want to.
0: Yeah. I also, though, get the impression that the Time Lords kind of... The, I, this group was working independently of Time Lord knowledge. They The Time Lords knew what was going on, but didn't know maybe the device or the means or the, the ramifications. Or they, they were kind of, you know, well, uh, you do your thing over there, and we'll just ignore you yeah. kind of thing. And so I, I, I guess I still come down on the fact that I appreciate the way that this story played out because I didn't want to see... The same retread of a story that we've got one heavy, one baddie to put this all on. I think that that maybe that's why I'm a little more forgiving of the, the direction this went because it was more of a, it was more of a painting a character of the Time Lords of who they have become rather than have that same old cookie cutter villain. You know, even though the Time Lords are involved. We've got the uh, human resources is a good example, even though they're indirectly revol- involved. It's you, you still have that cookie cutter. OK, here's your bad guy. He's doing things that he shouldn't be doing. And the Time Lords are just letting it happen. I uh, To me, that would have been almost a retread. Whereas the way that they did it, well, I still don't think it was a strong ending, and I agree with everything you guys are saying. Had we done that, then it would have felt like Old Hatton. I may not have liked the, story, the, the, the conclusion of the story as well as I end up liking it. One
1: thing this story does really well is it foreshadows the time war really well. It really helps paint that road for, because they even talk about the Daleks having the time travel ability. It really helps. It's, it's a great paving stone on that path.
2: Retroactively, I yeah. yeah, yeah,
0: and
1: what I, and because it, this did come out this, after,
2: yeah,
0: oh, did it? Yeah, this this particular one was no, no, no. This was before that. 2005. June, oh, it was 2005. 2005. Okay. Well, and it was at that point that I think, at least I've read, that uh, Big Finish did kind of they had some ideas. Well, they 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 what they did is they tried to steer the boat so that it did not directly lead into the events of the Time Lord War, or, but, but give you little bits and pieces of why the Gallifrey... Had oh, but in the 2005,
2: way. the show had just come back, so we would have only gotten... At the, at the time this they was released was in June, it would have only been, if anything, fragmentary information that okay, but, there was something bad that happened.
0: Well, no, at that point, we knew there was a time war. And we, and we, we knew know that how, the Gallifreyans were involved. In we didn't know how, how it spirit. happened. Yeah. I think what you could do from that advantage is you could use the history of the Time Lords that we know from Deadly Assassin, from uh, Five Doctors, from all of that um, that we saw uh, a ta- Invasion of Time, all of that material and start to formulate what had happened and I think they, they maybe rolled the dice and got it right is what they did here probably.
2: I wonder if you could flip it where you, you, you can keep it as is and the Time Lords are the bad guys, there's just nobody to to, to point to but then when Kleist gives up and it becomes more of a they made me do it, and if, if you played up that angle a little bit more, I wonder if, you know, the Professor then becomes more of a sympathetic character and it, it does... You, you, you can actually put the dialogue in there about, yeah, the Time Lords are the you know, the real bad guys here and, you know, what are we going to do about it? Well what if we don't let them know that everything's in you know really kind of box that in i wonder if that would have
0: yeah i don't know i just think that the, it's ambiguous
2: it, enough that i don't like it the, but i don't know that i want it i just Paid i number I, I, me, I think i'm know? fine
0: with it because what it does is it goes further to illustrate the the arrogance and smugness of the time Lords, and i think that's what they they were trying to do here yeah and i think they were also taking their cues and and we don't know much about this but I think they were also taking their cues from the Virgin New Adventures that came before that in the Seventh Doctor era, knowing that they, that era was already framing the, uh, Gal- the the Time Lords as bad guys. I mean, they yeah. were they were taking cues from the series that was already starting that down that road, and they took it a lot further. And I think that maybe that's where uh, Big Finish was taking their cues because they, they, it's obvious that Big Finish, you know, at least holds some of that continuity dear because they. They, they go to great efforts, and they've even made two sidestep stories. But they go to great efforts to make little references back to things that happened in that in the seventh Stock era, era there as well. So, I you know I I I didn't give it any sort of dun 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 rating at the beginning, but it was a fine story. I was I was okay with it. Uh, I think heads and above the performance of uh, Sylvester McCoy, especially when he's trying to fight off the uh, invasion of his brain, essentially. I thought that the the performance was magnificent. I just I was I had chills just listening to him because knowing that he was convincing me whether he was faking it or not was convincing me that there was something really drastically wrong with the doctor. And uh that performance sold that. And I think that um it's funny because for his Tainted as I am for the Seventh Doctor Mel stories because they're such bad stories, I've never hated Mel as a character. She's never been a favorite of mine. I've never, I've I've, 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 I've been vocal about. I just didn't care much for her. But as I hear her more in the Big Finish audios, I think this was a way for Bonnie Langford to get some redemption for what they did with her character in Very the series. Very much so. Yeah. Because I, I continue to hear these, and I, and 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 going so far as giving her the i mean she's a computer programmer in the series but we do very little with that element of that could have made her a strong character we tend to do that now in big finish we tend to give her things to do reasons to be less of the companion that's just there to ask questions for exhibition and more of a hands-on something to do companion and the the, uh, the 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 greatest evidence of this is in that first story where she's having to figure out where the doctor went. I mean, she's yeah. she's on her own there. This, for the first two episodes. This, this is a
2: great Mel story. This land. is where the story shines the most. I think is this portrayal of Mel and Bonnie Langford's um, very capable handling of the material. Uh, you know, it Mel's. She, she's running around doing the detective bit with, uh, you know, they give her a companion so that she can yep. explain things. She's very knowledgeable when it comes to, oh, yeah, aliens, this is old hat. She takes the bull by the horns, and she's, you know, helping to guide that through. And, and she's dealing with both of them. She's dealing with the, the the alien presence and being, we're human, it's okay, we're not here to hurt you. And she's comforting the cabbie going, oh, yeah, don't worry about it, I got this. And she goes through all that. She gets a computer moment. I mean, she she figures everything out. She rescues the doctor. She goes through... And it's such a strong she performance for her, own and yeah, I just everything about it in, in this one really worked on that level. And I'm kind of with you. I just Mel was never. Maybe it was because the stories that 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 she was unfortunately saddled with were of a you know lower quality, of, of, of from the writing. Maybe it was just saddling with that era and the kind of the chaos of the 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 sixth outgoing and the seventh incoming, and then you know because I've we've always said that it's the seventh Doctor and Ace that's the companion yeah. pairing for that particular timeline, and I think it's unfair because it's the sixth Doctor and Perry, but Mel's kind of sandwiched somewhere in between these, and she's present for the regeneration even though strangely not. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So it, it's it's just kind of where does Mel wind up? Where do you fit her into this whole thing? Um, coupled with the screaming, which God love the pipes on Bonnie Langford. I <laughs> had forgotten until we rewatched Diamond the Ronnie this week. It was like, oh, yeah, there was a lot of that during I'm this been time. In Veros too,
0: yeah. Yes, there's a lot of screaming. Or not? Uh, no,
2: she's not in that one. Not not Veros, but uh, uh,
0: Vervoyd. Sorry, totally totally Vervoyd. And that's one thing. That's one thing.
1: Big Finish does well as doesn't make her scream as often.
2: Yeah, well, it shatter all of the audio equipment <laughs> <to> the <laughs> and our eardrums. They, 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 they probably tested it once, and there's some poor deaf guy now who's just <laughs> he had the headphones on, is like, can't do that again. Sorry, Bob. But,
0: and I thought um, the supporting cast did a fine job. Again, I think uh, what's her name was a little more, a little too forceful and militant. But
1: <laughs> uh, here's a nice little tidbit: Kleist was played by oh crap I lost her name
0: Jeannie Linden Jeannie
1: Linden was Barbara in the Dalek movies
2: the Doctor Who and the Daleks
1: yeah Ian's girlfriend and Susan's elder sister
2: <laughs> a whole other timeline
1: there <laughs> <laughs> that's kind of a neat whole other universe Easter egg <laughs>
2: We joked about it off mic, but with the, the, the title that I don't think any of us were enamored with, with Unregenerate, the, uh, apparently an early title was going to be Mark IV. Mark IV Mark 40? I thought it was Mark 40. It's Mark IV, according to Wiki.
0: Oh, well, I don't think that would have been as telling as we thought when you said yeah. Mark 40, when you told us Mark 40.
2: I thought it was Type 40. I don't know what Mark 4 is now.
0: Well, Mark IV is usually the newest upgrade or version of something, or a, a Mark is usually like the uh, canon units are always yeah. Mark One, Mark Two, II, Mark Three, Mark Four.
2: But Mark IV doesn't still tie into anything. No, no.
1: maybe because it'd be a Mark IV of a new species.
2: I completely read it wrong. I think Type Forty would have been the best possible title, but unfortunately, we probably would have spoiled it. Yeah.
0: Yeah. But maybe, of course, the Type Forty
2: is archaic at this point, so maybe that wouldn't Mark, work either. Well, maybe maybe Mark. <laughs> I don't know. There's no good title well, for this
0: one. Maybe Mark IV would have indicated the progression of the Tardis. I mean, the the, 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 the first, the original uh, Tardises would have been the Mark One Mark versions. They would have had, you know, Mark One Type Forty, Mark One Type, you know, just whatever delineation within the Mark. And then Mark Two was the next step of upgrade for Tardises. Uh, Mark 3 would have been the next upgrade and so perhaps now they thought well we're on Mark 4 and this is the next progression of the evolution of the TARDIS maybe that's where they were going with it sure Hard telling. <laughs> Mark 4 K9 always seems to be the same uh, software <laughs> not much of an upgrade same so. software new case <laughs> <laughs> pretty much <laughs>
2: Oh, see, now it works. <laughs> there you go. Same software, new Same case. Same software, new
0: case. Uh, anything else about this one that we want to touch on before we close this show? It wasn't bad. Yeah. It no. had some issues, but I enjoyed it. It had Sylvester in it, so. <laughs> How
2: far you've come. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right. Um, well, of course, uh, you can help support this podcast by becoming a Patreon supporter. If you're already a supporter, we thank you so much for being one. If you're not, you can support us by going to a link on our webpage page, TravelingTheVortex.com. Uh, give any amount that you can. All of that money goes directly back into the show, every one, last bit of it. Uh, and then there are some sponsors on the right-hand side of our page. We hope you consider uh, purchasing there, uh, Amazon Store, our Spreadshirt shop. Hey, you got it. I think uh, 10th Planet has a uh, 10th Planet Collectibles. We have a uh, link on there. So if you're in the UK and you're purchasing from them, consider going through our website. Portions of those proceeds go back into this program. Uh, Anything else that we need to touch on? Oh, uh, let's talk about the schedule. (laughs) Real briefly. Kind of did that out of order, didn't
2: I? We like to change it up.
0: Uh, We don't want to be stagnant. Yeah.
2: Uh, schedule next week or schedule. It's, this is
0: the Mark IV version of. The yeah, show. well, you know what's the
2: Mark IV? I'm <laughs> even going to say schedule. is <laughs> oh, the Americanized oh, version I can of it. Do that. That's how different this one is. Uh, midnight is our Friday night who offering for next week or this week coming up on uh, the 11th of June. Uh, the fabulous uh, David Tennant vehicle um, from the fourth series. Fourth, yeah. Um, and midnight will be at midnight, so uh, pop it in and uh, follow along, uh, which uh, will set us up nicely for Beyond the Doctor. Uh, it's time for that discussion to come back, and we are up to David Tennant in our look at uh, what uh, other roles that the Doctors have played.
0: This will be our 10th Beyond
2: the Doctor? Our 10th Beyond the No. the course no. of
0: two years? We are our 11th. 11th, our 11th, yeah. We uh, slipped uh, the War Doctor in there, didn't
2: we? 12th, technically, because we also did... Uh, if you if you count uh, uh, with Neil and I as a twofer, <laughs> What's, but it was only one. It's still, only <laughs> 12, still
0: only our twelfth. Our Still only our eleventh. Okay, how many regenerations are there? <laughs> um,
2: we're, we're, we're going to be watching... eight was
0: eight point one and eight point two.
2: We're going to be watching what we did on our holiday, uh, which is a, a, a I presume a fine film that uh, David Tennant's <laughs> Um, <laughs> <laughs> we hope it's a fine film. We hope it's a fine film, and we hope he's in it. <laughs> That's all I can t- say. His
0: thing. name's on the box. That's all I can say. <laughs> Pictures is.
1: on the cover too,
0: <laughs> with uh, Billy Connolly. I didn't realize that until I found the movie this week. And uh, Rosamund Pike. Yeah, Rosamund Pike. Which yeah, you know she's. I've only seen her in
1: Gone Girl. So. Yeah, oh, <laughs>
0: she was in uh, one of the Bond films. She was in. Oh, uh, she was. Uh, Die Another Day. I think that was her first think I've film. Seen that one. I think it was her first film. That's the one with Halle Berry. I don't remember. That Madonna. One. Madonna. Madonna. Madonna plays has a guest appearance as the fencing instructor. <laughs> oh, you're gonna do the mo- you're gonna do the uh, theme song for our movie. Uh, you want a cameo. We'll give you a cameo.
2: Apparently, she, she's a voice of Thunderbirds. Argo. She was believable as the fencing instructor.
0: She was. She played the fencing instructors perfectly. Yes. Yeah. Was, she, she, Madonna was one of the more believable aspects. I, I of Donna did. Of the day. <laughs> <laughs> you got a good point there. And I liked that one. <laughs> oh, I did too. Invisible cars and all. I love the invisible cars. That's so cool. <laughs> I take that um,
1: back. I've seen one other Roseman Pike film, uh, The World's
0: End.
2: Oh, oh, oh I yeah, I seen that too. That. <laughs> yeah. I forgot she was in Yeah, forgot she was in it. Well, there you go. So, all the more reasons. So. Uh, Go, go find a copy of that and um, and join us uh, for what we will be discussing is uh, David Tennant's acting chops next week,
0: yeah.
2: uh, outside of the, the Hooniverse. Uh, the following week is The Moonbase, back to the Patrick Troughton error, but for very good reason. Um,
0: <laughs> We're not reviewing it, Keith. So. Oh, we've already
2: reviewed there The There might moon be some
0: discussion in it.
2: But uh, episode number uh, 286, the week that we uh, are watching that for Friday Night Who, is uh, kind of all moon or lunar themed. And uh, we have a slight uh, add to the schedule. Uh, in addition to the Lethbridge-Stewart Moonblink book by Sadie Miller, we will also be reviewing the uh, short story, The Lock-In, by Sarah... I probably should not have given out a name here, because I'm going <laughs> to murder this one. Keith had it earlier.
1: Oh, I did. What did I say?
2: Growing, Jewin'. <laughs> sure, Accomplish a flogging.
0: So uh, we're sorry, Sarah. We're sorry, Sarah. My uh, my homework is to get Andy to send us a pronouncer of all of the <laughs> authors oh, that have yeah, written we... anything for the Lethbridge Stewart line. Rowan wagon. Because I'm sure we're saying McEntee wagon, wrong or Groen-Wiggin. wrong.
1: Rowan wagon.
0: What Keith said. Yeah, and
2: growing wagon. growing wagon. And uh, I still feel like I'm adding four syllables to that that aren't there. There's a lot of ease in it. Uh, as well as the TV comic Moon Landing, which is uh, an old school bit of silly, but yeah, we're going to put first, it in there anyway. the first
0: Doctor story that was uh, first published in uh, TV comics back in the 1960s.
2: And then uh, the following week we're doing Mask of... Now, how do we decide this one is pronounced? <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> Mand- Andy Mandragora. Actually, actually, I should
2: pull this up. I don't have my Facebook open. Andy actually sent me this is how this is pronounced. Mandragora. Mandragora. At least, according to Glenn, I'll have to double-check with Andy, make sure you're right. <laughs> um, but we're, we're going to be re- uh, watching that one for Friday Night Who, and then reviewing it the following week on the show. But a little added bonus for you. We haven't done one of these in a while. We're going to do an Adversary Archive on, dun, 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 on the Mandragora Helix. Uh, and not only will we be discussing Mask, but we'll also be discovering Mark of Medragor, which was a comic and a book and a, short uh, story and something yeah, else.
0: Yes, uh, they were actually uh, originally released in Doctor Who magazine, and uh, we'll give you the specific uh, magazines or issues if you happen to uh, go about them that way, but they were published by Virgin Books as a collection in a graphic novel form uh, in the particular uh book is called marco mandragora which is also the name of the last story in that book so we're going to we're going to review all of it because uh, there's a little bit of tie-in of the stories that precede the final story And
2: i'm excited because I, I don't believe mask is one either i've never seen it or it's been so long since i've seen it that i don't remember anything about it so it, i'm looking it, forward to this
0: it, one. it it's fuzzy in my memory which means i probably haven't seen it since the 1980s um but there is a chance that I either rewatched it really early on in my rediscovery of Doctor Who or have seen, seen bits and pieces of it since my rediscovery.
2: I want to say it's probably one that I owned on VHS and you borrowed. That's well, probably that's why, the last thing that you saw. It, that's why
0: I, I can't remember if it was in that batch of videos that I borrowed from you or not.
2: It's it's yeah I know you look at me like I'm weird. Yes, I own things that I never watched. <laughs>
0: oh, I know. He still owns things that he has watched. I still own things that I never watched. of things. Stuff I was here. just
2: buying it because hey, it's got Doctor Who on it. Oh,
0: I would have done the same thing. Although I would have watched it, so. Yeah. Because I wa- I I I am of the three of us here, I'm the only one that has seen your entire VHS collection. Of <laughs> <laughs> Because I didn't have any of it on VHS. Poor and Keith is so so left out of this. He never, <laughs> I, don't get, I don't even
1: get the chance to have that Yeah, well, you
2: know, now, <gasps> he all, now he has it all on DVD. I am going to do a throwback night for Friday Night <laughs> Who one night. You're going to come over, we're going to hook you up don't the VCR. You don't have we any of those VHS's, VHSs anymore. I'm somewhere, I think I do. Maybe. Are, Are you
0: sure? Because uh, you went through You had a box. You had a box. Oh, we did do that for Warriors, didn't we? You had a Dr. box Phil, in so a corner business. of stuff that was going to go for sale at one of your moves. And those were in there. And I went, should I buy them? It is VHS. Should I buy them? They're VHS. Him and Hot on it. And I think I came down on the fact that no, I'm not going to buy them because I'll eventually own them all on DVD. Yeah. And now there's ones in there that I can't even get on DVD anymore. But anyway. If only I'd have known. Still couldn't watch it. Sure, you can. I still have I've, got VH, I've got a VCR. I've got a VCR. VCR. Yeah. I have kids, and one of my kids was young enough to still be in the V the tail end of the VHS era, when she was very, very, very young, and we had, a, we still have a lot of VHS tapes that I was eventually going to take to vintage stock, and they quit taking VHS tapes. So, well,
2: wisely. <laughs> so that's that.
0: All right. Well, uh, since I did all the other stuff before the schedule, (laughs) Schedule, excuse me, we're saying it's schedule now, apparently. Just Just this week. (laughs) Just this week. Unregenerate. All right, unrecord. Unrecord this podcast. All right, we're we're going to unrecord it. Next week, we'll be back to normal. All right.
2: I'm going to unschedule things.
0: (laughs) If that's going to do it for this week, until next week, I am Glenn.
2: I'm Sean. I'm Keith. Cheers. Good night, everybody. Be
1: seeing you. Thanks Thanks for for listening.
2: listening. Un thanks for listening. Thanks for unlistening. A very Ooh.
1: merry unbirthday!
2: Yeah.
0: A very merry unbirthday to you. Oh, to me. A very merry un. Today is my to birthday. <laughs> it's my unbirthday too. It my is. Too. It is.
2: Uh, A very merry unbirthday to me. <laughs> to to me. you. A very
0: merry unbirthday to you.
2: To who? To you. All right. Sorry. <laughs> now blow the candles out, my dear, and make your wish come true. A very merry unbirthday.